Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is Kortu. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, be me up. Resistance is futile. They're long and prosperous. You boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings and welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian Mr. Todd A. Davis. If you want to hear the velvety sounds of his voice, just go to his social media and he'll regale you with the tales of the Enterprise. It's Jeremy Larson! Yay! Jeremy Larson! (laughs) It's great to be here, Todd. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing really, really good today. It's good. a fantastic evening. Yeah, yeah. It's, so you told me uh, before we before we went to air that um, you're in Minnesota. Yes, and I'm here in Minnesota. We, here we are in December. How cold is it up there? <laughs> uh, it's not as cold as it usually is. Really? It, quite honestly, we just got our big uh you know biggest uh, snowstorm of the year right now is just yesterday and oh, we wow. heard that it, there was a big storm front coming in there was going to be a lot more snow in the coming you know days or in this next week uh but it's it hasn't gotten too cold yet but uh-huh. i can always say yet in minnesota <laughs> oh yes winter is coming for sure yes. yeah it's, yes. i'm actually um i'm the youngest of three boys and um First one actually born in the South, um, Mm -hmm. here in South Carolina. The rest of my family's from Pennsylvania. Mm. So I grew up in this, in the South, we get snow for a day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then once the sun comes up, we get a nice like layer of ice. And Mm. then the next day it's back to normal and you'd never know it snowed at all. (laughs) So that's it. And it always breaks my heart. And I think my wife feels the same way because she's originally from Ohio. Mm. So, you know, feet of snow, (laughs) like a lot of snow. And that's actually how we're most comfortable. That's the way we prefer. And of course, around the holidays, you always hope for a white Christmas. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know that here I am almost, uh, I'm almost 38 and uh, I don't know that I've ever had a white Christmas. That's, that's terrible. That's, that's that's sad. That's too bad. It's too bad. A white Christmas is actually quite calming compared to, you know, a green or a brown Christmas as sometimes we have up here too. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, um, whenever it does snow here, I always, you know, you know, throw on a coat and hat and go ahead and just stand outside in it just because all the noise just seems to go away for a little bit. It does. It does. So peaceful. Mm -hmm. I it's, it's what here, you know, we're talking about star Trek here in a minute, but like, I, I don't think I'd mind being sucked into the vacuum of space. (laughs) It's so, (laughs) it's so calm, so peaceful. Like when it, when I remember going to see JJ Abrams, star Trek in Mm -hmm. theaters, uh, which was just dope. I I don't know how Mm -hmm. you feel about it. Oh, fantastic films. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But that's that moment when that uh, crewman gets sucked out of the Kelvin into the right. vacuum of space and they cut the sound out. Oh, you it could, was perfect. You could hear everybody in the odd in the theater just go. Oh! And, and I was the only one going. Oh. 
stop. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. Because they finally got it, uh, you know, scientifically accurate at yeah, that point. That's as accurate. That's as accurate as it's been portrayed in mm-hmm. uh, in Star Trek for sure. Yeah, I, you know, something about that calm, peaceful death. <laughs> Is it calm? Is it peaceful, Todd? Well, that's hey, no, is, if, if you shut your eyes, if you shut your eyes and exhale, because we learned that from oh, what what movie was that where they were like, okay, everybody shut your eyes, exhale. They had to go, they had to go from oh. one part of a space station to another. Oh, what movie was that? Could that have been oh, could that have been gravity? Might have been gravity. It might have been sunshine. No, it wasn't sunshine. Was it sunshine? I forget you, but you, you know what I'm yeah, talking about. I know what you're talking oh, about. Oh man, like there, yeah, there was some. Oh man, that's gonna <laughs> bug me. And I and I'm on a movie <laughs> podcast, like right. I can just hear my co-hosts just rolling their eyes, like, oh, mm-hmm. God, what are we doing with this guy? <laughs> Anyways, uh, so let's uh, let's talk about Star Trek. Um, always talking about Star Trek. Of course, <laughs> always, always. What is your uh, what is your first earliest memory of Star Trek? That were you were you into it as a kid, or did you come to it later? Uh, my grandfather introduced me to Star Trek at a very young age. I actually got into the um, the point and click adventure game. A really old it was so we I could never get past like the first mission, but I would always play that same thing over and over again. It was so much fun. Nice. Um, and I remember um, watching. I think they tried to get me into uh, the voyage home uh, at first because it's it's a it's a favorite it's a fan favorite the one with the whales of course, of course. but uh, <laughs> when when I started really getting into Star Trek I realized that my favorite film of the the old TOS uh, was Undiscovered Country it was it's a fantastic uh, science fiction and political thriller at the same time and I love a good political thriller exactly oh man i i mean not to divert too far away from star trek again but um (laughs) one of the reasons i love captain america the winter soldier Mm. is because it doesn't watch like a superhero movie no it does not watches like a spy like a spy espionage political thriller like from Mm. the 70s like there's a right there's car chases and all kinds of stuff like exactly and yeah you know for for them to have for them to integrate some of that stuff into Star Trek is just so much fun. So much it's fun. mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so you're a so you're a TOS guy. How old are you? Do you mind me asking? Uh, I'm 32. Okay, so you're not much younger than me. Uh, no. So most guys roughly our age tend to be TNG kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like you're more TOS. Is that is TOS your crew? See, the see, it's the thing is that I try not to to go between crews either it's it seems hard to to pick a favorite because they're all so very different right yeah yeah absolutely and it's Mm -hmm. kind of you know the tng era is kind of like superman Mm -hmm. they were they they had so many people who could do so many things and they were on the flagship like they had everything at their disposal like it's Mm -hmm. no wonder they got out of everything alive it was yeah (laughs) yeah they had no problems at all they have, they have the easy way out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm pretty sure Kirk was drunk for most of the missions. Just he he had he had his way. <laughs> if he wasn't, Bones almost definitely was. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, Scotty, that's kind of a given. <laughs> that's a, absolutely a given. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, it, yeah, each crew very different and, you know, with uh, varying degrees of skills and backgrounds and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, I'm getting more into, the, I find, I, I like TOS now more than I did when I was younger. And I mm-hmm. think, uh, I, you know, I feel the same way about Batman, about the mm-hmm. 60s era Batman. Um, I, Max, you can't squeak your toy if no go sit go sit with go go sit with mom no go sit with mommy no go sit with mommy okay you're a good boy he always tries to get in on the episodes i'm so sorry about that um but yeah you know as as i've gotten older i feel like uh every every era's star trek much like every era's batman was right somebody's star trek or batman mm-hmm. and i think as you get as I've gotten older, I've definitely found more of an appreciation for the older things, especially TOS, where it's easy to say, oh, it was so cheesy. Uh, you could see the zippers on the aliens, the, you know, cardboard sets and stuff like that. Uh, and you know what? I'll give you that. But look at the writing. Look at the mm-hmm. things that they were talking about in those episodes. And they, it was really ahead of its time and they were mm-hmm. really doing some fantastic things in terms of storytelling. Right. So, uh, you know, did you, did you feel that way as a kid growing up with it or was it, you know, did, did have you, as you've gone through different stages in your life, have you, you know, found new ways to appreciate the original crew? See, uh, when it comes to the, uh, the original series itself, apart aside from the movies, I don't, actually when i was really really young when watching reruns of that show and now as i've gotten to you know 30 it was um it was hard to get back into tos because of all the new stuff that has just recently come out oh yeah now i'm i'm gonna give it its credit because it is still revolutionary for its time yeah but i don't think i could watch it again which is it's it's hard it's very hard because it's it's uh, my attention span sometimes doesn't match the the um the pacing of all the TOS episodes. Oh yeah. And yeah. even some even some TNG episodes take too long to get to where they need to go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, are they are they try to force in too many different plots? Yeah, you know, and then you've got your it, A plot and your B plot and really you could have just stuck with the A plot. There was so much there to explore that didn't get explored. Mm-hmm. God forbid they had an A plot, a B plot, a C plot, and a D plot. Oh, we there's so many plots that before. Yep. And uh, yeah, but it's it, yeah. I think watching it, watching TOS as you get older becomes more of a mental, almost academic exercise mm-hmm. of like. Yes analyzing what they're talking about, what they're really, you know, what's this episode really saying in terms of social, political, economic, government, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, type commentaries. Exactly. That that it's, it's less about the, Mm -hmm. the flash and all the, you know, razzle dazzle. And it's more the meat and potatoes of like, Oh, for sure. What are they really talking about? And Mm -hmm. of course, you know, from, you know, the three seasons of, the original series you know once gene left after the second season i believe there's mm. a definite shift between those first two and that last right that last season that last season's much like as hard as it is to watch <laughs> tos sometimes 
the the third season is definitely the eye roll inducing season of like oh boy here we go <laughs> i can agree with you wholeheartedly there <laughs> so uh you you've been in with uh tos for the for the bulk uh mm-hmm. then you got in i'm sure you got into the team oh tng and the tng, TNG era TN- Wife and yeah. I watch TNG well, almost every single day. <laughs> I know. Well, it's it's incredibly replayable. Yes, very replayable. And it's mm. between honestly, you could just turn it on for the music, you know. Yeah, you and, could. Which I do for my dog when I leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> that and the and the you know the smooth tones of Jonathan Frakes and Patrick Stewart. Oh, absolutely. Talking about things. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, did you have much uh, experience or what were your when did you did you watch Enterprise before I forced you to sit and watch this episode? No, I I watched Enterprise the entire way through. I was incredibly sad of how uh, I think kind of forced and quickly that ended. Um, But overall, I thought I I thought a lot of um, the crew worked as an entire unit very different there were new races to be introduced flocks yeah. is a denobulin yeah. um and it, it's and to see the first beginnings of star trek when it came to the relationship between the vulcans and humanity after uh zephram cockrum's uh flight oh yeah yeah does yeah it wasn't all sunshine and roses like they no, like they no it, it was not it, yeah there was there was some 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 i go i dare to say some pretty bad blood you know some some hostile uh some hostile feelings there for you know the bulk of the bulk of enterprise for sure and you know i mean this is a hundred years after first contact mm-hmm. so yeah and i think I, that it actually it's it's pretty funny that we're talking about this when it's actually mentioned in the episode you're going to be talking about in a little bit <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah and that's uh, we're yeah we're looking forward to that one for sure because that's mm-hmm. uh yeah that that you know the fans have always been very very vocal um regarding this whole franchise you know when mm-hmm. tng was announced it was if it's not spock and kirk it's not star trek and then you know you know here now it's just kind of like oh yeah how did (laughs) yeah you can't really have star trek without picard and the enterprise d Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's funny to see and of course we there's the internet is rife with uh you know the thoughts about uh the kelvin timeline and of course everything you know starting after that uh, yeah with discovery and discovery picard the lower decks i I honestly don't see the problem. I don't see the problem in any yeah. any modern Star Trek. It no. it's all been fantastic to me. And I yeah. if I'm missing some sort of point, don't <laughs> you can you can at me if you want to. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I just you know I think everything that they've done is kind of maybe even if they only set out with one goal of just mm-hmm. like hey, wouldn't it be great if Patrick Stewart came back for one more season, you know? Right. It's just like yeah, and to be honest, after that first episode, I, there's a part where he's sitting there like scratching number 1's head, he mm-hmm. he says some line of Shakespeare. I was, I I almost <laughs> So sorry, I got it so excited. I pulled my mic. My oh no, I get it. Cord out. <laughs> but anyways, um, so yeah, he's sitting there like scratching number one's head, and 
Shakespeare recites some line of Shakespeare. And fr from that, at that moment, I almost pushed away from the table and been like, you know what? The series could end right here. And I would be completely happy. It's It'd be okay. So it, awesome. <laughs> it's so great. I thought, I thought Picard was a masterpiece of a first season. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I always loved the relationship between him and data, yeah. which I know that there are a lot of other ways they could have taken series and they could have taken the timeline in regards to TNG as a whole. But I, I loved the mentorship that Picard had with data. Yeah. And when data passed away in nemesis that was one of the hardest trek moments for me in the history of the timeline yeah that's a rough one i mean yeah. looking at looking at picard as the father figure with no family mm -hmm. and data as the forever child mm -hmm. who's in a constant state of learning that friendship slash father-son relationship was always so heartwarming and it was touching heartstring tugging it mm. was it was so great to watch and really hearing the music uh you know the opening scene as the music as you go through the galaxy and then oh there's the enterprise d and they're sitting in 10 forward playing poker and mm. it's just oh like you're you're in you're in from the first moment uh, they, but, they they hooked me they hooked oh, me yeah <laughs> and 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 to be honest like you know patrick stewart coming back as jean-luc picard yeah it, yeah. yeah we're in you know stuff like lower decks might have been was probably a harder sell mm -hmm. but they knocked it out of the park yes they, they really did. have and it's you know i feel like this podcast is you know in terms of podcasting is doing what they are doing they mm -hmm. made they made a star trek show for the lifelong fans of star trek and the mm -hmm. people who have never seen an episode right such great characterization, really solid storytelling, mm -hmm. and they pack it into half hour. Like they are, they are just killing it. <laughs> yeah, they're killing the game. I can't um, wait to see more. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now you mentioned about Enterprise that you really dug the crew and mm -hmm. how they all worked together. I'm a big, big fan of one of the the subject of this episode travis mayweather oh mayweather's a it's a great character yeah great character sadly uh you know i i'm not the only one who feels he was very underused um, yes um but who let's talk about some of the working relationships mm -hmm. of some of the crew of, of the nx01 like mm -hmm. it's clear especially you know we're we're almost through season two at this point um, and we're seeing a lot of sort of love triangle thingies between yeah. between uh, Archer, Trip, and T'Pol. Yeah, I, I, Th I thoughts don't on the love why. triangle. <laughs> Here, here's the thing about the love triangle. Like, I I get it. They needed some romance to make it interesting, and uh, but I I don't think it should have been a triangle. I think it should have been a very um, it should have been one or the other yeah but they yeah. but the, the the problem with that is that they both offer very different types of relationships yes yes they do absolutely mm. um how do you feel about uh hoshi hoshi is a very interesting character in terms of in terms of everyone on the ship and i'll relate i'll relate hoshi to and there is a method to my madness here yeah. I'll, relate, I'll relate hoshi to c3po and r2d2 okay Strictly because I feel like 
she's the one person on board who's like, I'm actually not down for space travel. I am not an astronaut. I am not a soldier. I am, I'm here to translate things. That's it. So and even in, even in that regard of translating, it is a giant and very steep uphill battle. Yeah. Oh man. She, I mean, she's got her work cut out from, for her, like from the word go. And yeah. I feel like the comparison of her to R2 and 3PO is that R2 and 3PO are kind of like the Greek chorus. Mm. We see a lot of the, we see a lot of the adventure through their eyes. Exactly. And I feel like because Hoshi isn't an astronaut, she's not a, I'll, I'll put air quotes around scientist mm. that she's kind of along for the ride on a lot of these things, definitely oh, yeah. on the voyage itself. But even when she does go on away missions, it's kind of like, okay. And we're also going to send you with, trip and read or uh travis and read or you know we're going to send you with two other people because you've made it clear that you're not super comfortable in space <laughs> i wholeheartedly agree with that assessment yeah uh, absolutely how do you feel about uh because we really haven't you know here at the end of season two we've really only had one oh i'll say one and a half episodes that really explore the character of malcolm reed Mm-hmm. Who who I find very fascinating. Of course, right. um, the wife and I have been reading a lot of uh, British comic books recently. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, you know, and we're big fans of Doctor Who as well. And there's a definite, there's a definite vibe uh, from, you know, British culture that is more uh, straight laced, I'll say. I mean, okay. that's, you know, for lack of better terms, straight laced yeah. as opposed mm-hmm. to Americans. Yes. Um, and you know, he comes from a military family and he doesn't really develop a lot of super personal relationships. We see, no. we see the friendship between him and, and, uh, and trip mm. in shuttle pod one, which is a fantastic exploration of that dynamic you for know, sure. A bottle up. It's a bottle episode, mm. but, uh, you, you know, the other episode is where he gets pinned to the exterior of the hull. In, yes, uh, minefield. Yep, uh, and he's interacting with Archer, mm-hmm. which um, you know is a is a great uh, you know is a great exploration of of his character again. Mm-hmm. But we really don't get much after that. I don't recall. We don't. I feel like Reed was incredibly un- uncomfortable around a lot of the crew, and the relationships that he did form were special not only to him, but I think to the audience as well. So yeah. where we were looking forward to interactions between him and one of those characters. Yeah, I've, I've seen some fan theories and, uh, you know, I, I think even some uh, some of the folks involved with the show alluding to the fact that uh, Reed was actually supposed to, I, I think Reed has, or the, the actor who p- portrays Reed, um, uh, Dominic Keating has, mm-hmm. um, said in an interview that he actually, uh, played him as a homosexual oh. and, you know, in looking at Reed's and I, and I wish that, that, I wish that concept had been explored on the show at the time, Yeah, but you know, we're, you know, because you think, oh yeah, this came out in the early two thousands. That it would have been totally fine. Uh, would it have been? I don't I, know. I don't think it would have been well received yeah. in that current in that current social atmosphere. It, I I don't think it would have been too well received. And that yeah. is that is only that is only my personal opinion on that. Yeah, I mean, 
I would have liked, I would like to think it would have, it would have worked and, and actually pushed things, pushed things further. It'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see if they had explored that, what would the crew social dynamics on discovery be knowing that discovery is Mm. the most um, accepting, most um, encompassing of all this social um, uh, orientations. and please forgive me if I, please forgive me, audience, if I use uh, incorrect vernacular. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of this is coming off the cuff, but mm-hmm. I, I think it would have been interesting to see if they had explored that in Enterprise. How would things have been different on Discovery? Right. But yeah, I mean, you know, in front of, in front of, and behind the camera. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think that what Discovery is doing in, in terms of reaching that that kind of barrier is really really good and it's kind of it's a soft way of doing it Mm. to where it's not overwhelming the audience to where there are people they want inclusivity and i told i'm all for it i'm i've always been for that and i'm surprised out of um that we didn't see much of that when it came to uh tng yeah yeah i know that that was a very different time but I think TNG could have easily gotten away with, well, not, I guess not gotten away with it more have been able to uh, integrate it into the Star Trek canon. Yeah, I think so. And I think there were instances where some of those ideas were explored in single episodes mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, having this character stick around for a season or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, right. You know, because I mean, from from the original series they've always discussed you know uh social and political and uh, uh religious and economic issues i mean we've talked about that already uh, tonight mm-hmm. that yeah they they've explored all kinds of things and it was usually on an episode by episode basis mm-hmm. and with the tng era being more uh, holding true to that episodic nature there were mm-hmm. more two parters and then some overarching themes that would circle back around later it wouldn't right. be it wouldn't be to the later half to the latter half of enterprise where we see two three and some even four episode arcs you know mm-hmm. that directly connect together um, right to create a more serialized narrative um but yeah so it would have been cool to see that but you know here we are with what we got and it's it's still star trek it's still fun it's still enlightening i think mm-hmm. you know i've talked with a bunch of folks um, you know, the, the idea that really good sci-fi has always been a, a mirror, you know, reflecting who we are and also yes. a bit of a cautionary tale of like, mm-hmm. Hey, here's, here's what this one group is doing. And that's actually happening in our world. And we need to be careful because we that be, could turn in, it could turn it, into something pretty bad. Yeah. We may be doomed to repeat it if we, mm-hmm. if we're not careful. Um, speaking again about the crew dynamics and going mm-hmm. back to this episode in particular, we get into uh, we get into Travis and his relationship with his family. And uh, here we are a week uh, past Thanksgiving uh, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving for you and your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, stressful. N- no. I, no, I think a, okay. a lot, a lot of family gatherings, unless there is, underlying drama that has been <laughs> happening outside of it there usually isn't drama we're pretty we're pretty uh close tight-knit group where it's just it's like it's like long lost friends that just they come from a long time and it's just 
we get together. It's like we just left. Oh, that's great. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, Thanksgiving can be can be a very stressful time. Holidays, the holidays in general, very stressful time for a lot of people. I think right. the wife and I have really lucked out with uh, with our family, with our friends and that. Uh, yeah, there's a little stress of trying to, you know, make it make it perfect and all that mm. sort of thing. But, uh, right. you know, I think we really lucked out. I actually made a uh, I actually made a 25 plus pound turkey for our <laughs> for our Thanksgiving. I'm always the one that handles the turkey. The wife uh, does a great job with uh, everything else. I'll be honest. Yeah, she, right. She handles everything else. <laughs> uh, I'm just there to help occasionally, but mostly stay out of her way. You're giving um, her great moral support. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting to see some of the things uh, brought up the idea of where siblings fall in the uh, in the hierarchy of a family mm-hmm. and how they interact. And then as you get older, how those children interact with the parental figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to see my dad who my dad you know, was a Marine in Vietnam. And, uh, you know, my mom's passed away, you know, quite a few years ago now. But, mm-hmm. you know, seeing that I, I always I always remember my dad's hands like sitting next to my dad uh and just his hands being just massive. And then right. I saw him here, you know, over the holidays and, you know, stood up and get, I'm taller than him now. Mm-hmm. And like, he, he feel, he feels small when I, when I give him a hug <laughs> and, and I, and I take my wife with me to see my dad. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> I was, I was a little kid. I'm still a little kid, but it's interesting to see that, you know, how those worlds kind of collide mm-hmm. over time. Exactly. Uh, Anyways, before we get into more uh, details about this episode, let's get into this week's recap. You got it. There once was a ship, but to the skies, the name of the ship was the Enterprise. Her nacelles lit, her phasers armed, oh blow, you red shirts blow. Soon may the flagship come, bring a survey tea and Orion rum. One day when the scanning is done, engage and boldly go. Been not two weeks from sector one when we were sacked by Romulans. Red alert was called when captain said torpedoes make it so. Soon may the flagship come bring us Earl Grey tea and Orion rum. One day when the scanning is done, engage and boldly go. Before our foe had reached the hull, the shields were raised and power at full. Screen went dark, the Romulans gone when they engaged their cloak. Soon may the flagship come, bring us Earl Grey tea and Orion rum. One day when the scanning is done, engage and boldly go. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. UPN next Wednesday, a career of a lifetime. You're the helmsman of the first warp five-star ship. A family in turmoil. You turned your back on us a long time ago. This Starfleet officer must choose between them. My career's the last thing on my mind right now. A dramatic all-new Enterprise. Horizon. UPN next Wednesday at 8, 7. At the direction of Starfleet, Enterprise makes a detour to a planet passing between two gas giants. And so on to observe the gravitational forces and subsequent volcanic activity. Their new course takes the ship close to that of the Horizon, a cargo vessel where Travis grew up. He requests permission for a further detour to rejoin his family on Horizon, as his father is ill, and he hasn't been able to visit him in four years. Archer readily agrees, but bad news arrives when Travis learns that his father died some six weeks earlier. (laughs) 
As planned, Travis boards Horizon and receives a warm welcome from most of the crew, including his mother named Oh na na, what's the name? Oh na na, what's the name? Rihanna. He finds that his brother Paul has been named acting captain, but he doesn't seem to be coping well with his new responsibilities. Travis offers to make a few repairs to systems on the ship. Hmm. Upgrades. But Paul tells him to stop, making him feel uneasy and out of place. Soon afterward, the ship comes under attack, and a homing device is placed on the hull. Travis then recommends a boost in the ship's fighting capability, but Paul insists that the safest course is to flee to the nearest port and yield the cargo as needed. Meanwhile, back on Enterprise, Trip arranges a movie night for the crew to watch Frankenstein and invites to Paul. She eventually consents and reviews the film as an insightful view into historical human Vulcan relations. Two stars. Meanwhile, Travis makes his intended modifications without permission, resulting in a confrontation with Paul. The ship comes under another attack from an alien vessel, and Paul offers up the cargo as planned. The aliens demand the vessel as well. Left without any other option, Paul tells Travis to reinitiate the modifications and to detach the command module from the cargo section. They disable the alien ship, the brothers reconcile, and Travis leaves, promising to visit again soon. Yeah, right. I don't know what your relationship with your parents was like, but mine mm-hmm. was very, uh, <laughs> <laughs> mine was very, uh, you know what, let's just keep him out of jail. <laughs> if we can get him to graduate high school, <laughs> he will be someone else's problem. <laughs> no, no, my, my, my uh, relationship with my parents is in very good standing. Like we, we actually just uh, got back from a visit with them over the weekend. Oh, that's uh, great. Yeah. They, um, they're, they're, they're pretty awesome people. That's nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to to know how a kid would probably be on a spaceship and then to see Travis sitting and having this discussion with his mom of, mm-hmm. you know what, this is, you know, I'm, I'm the ship's engineer. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to, t- this problem that you're having with your brother, you're going to have to take it up with the captain, yep. your brother. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and, and that's really fascinating because, you know, I remember as I, as I got older, probably into my mid to late teens, uh, you know, having a father who, you know, served in Vietnam came with its own special <laughs> set of circumstances around the house right? and occasionally would go to my mom and say, Hey, why is that? And she would just kind of don't try to understand your father. You'll waste your life, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, or basically saying, Hey, look, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the situation as it is laid before you. What are you going to do with it? Um, but it, you know, it taught me is, you know, eventually kids have to grow up and, you know, you have to deal with issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't just let stuff linger. You know, and a lot of this stuff, unfortunately, comes out around the holidays, which mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is a notorious day for uh, <laughs> deep, dark secrets being passed around along with the mashed potatoes. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, how did you feel about the interactions between Travis and his brother and Travis and his mom? Oh boy, do I have a, a response for that? Uh, I grew up with uh, three younger brothers, uh-huh. and uh, there were times, like even uh, in my late teens, where I was very uh, not—I uh, wouldn't say non-compliant. I think that's the wrong word for it. But I—I uh, I was a very against the uh, 
the national or the the traditional way of doing things. Ah, gotcha. uh, but uh, but every single brother followed him. They did not follow in my footsteps, and they're very successful people. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> no, I uh, but. Uh, uh, like we we butt heads, of course, and I could absolutely see that kind of dynamic in in any context with any family. It's just it's like, sure, we did get along, but I'm gonna hold a personal grudge because you left and you didn't come back. Right, right. And, you- and it. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, please finish your thought because uh, you're on a roll, <laughs> sir. <laughs> no, I, I. But I, I, I have butted heads with all three of my brothers in some. In each of them, each of them were a different way, a different way, shape, and form. Wow. And it's it's crazy to think that the our personalities would come to a clash at such interesting places, uh, and that the same could be said for uh, Travis and his brother, like. I, Paul just took command of a ship. He's still learning the basics. Travix is coming in and kind of going, well, you know, I could help out here and there. And then Paul just kind of goes, no, I don't want you to help out. You've been gone. I'm not going to accept it right now. And that is, that is, that is a family dynamic that I am sure is in every household in America. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Just that not everyone has, or, you know, it takes a lot to have a meeting of the minds, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't always go that well i know no. what's the what's the age difference between you and your brothers if you don't mind uh, i got uh, about four years between me and my second brother i want to say six or seven between that one and i think nine with my last one okay because if i'm remembering it correctly so i'm the youngest my next mm-hmm. oldest brother is 13 years older than me oh boy that's quite the jump <laughs> and <laughs> The next brother, the the oldest brother is 20 years older than me. Mm-hmm. So essentially mom and dad had us generations apart. And the story, the story that always uh, floated around the, uh, the Davis household was there was one time where um, my mom was pregnant with me mm-hmm. and had to go to the grocery store and went with my oldest brother <laughs> And so when they went to the checkout line, um, the girl behind the counter saw my mom and looked at my brother and said, I bet I know who's pregnant. And my brother leaned in and said, I bet you don't. (laughs) 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 But, you know, when, when, once I was, once I was born, uh, you know, I, I developed a very much best friend relationship with uh, my middle brother, Chris. Uh, my mm. oldest brother is Jim. And right. so uh, when when Chris and I would hang out, it was very much best friend brother type relationship because I was raised in a house of adults. So mm. I watched my fair share of cartoons. Yes, but I also watched like Saturday Night Live and mm-hmm. David Letterman and the kids yep. in the hall. Right. Um, so when my brother and I would go places we were interacting like best friends and brothers and people thought that we were father, that we were father and son. Ooh. And they're like, How, why is that father? Why is that child talking to his father? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Cause we also looked a lot alike too. So 
everyone thought we were father and son. And it's like, no, (laughs) that's not the case. (laughs) It's the weirdest thing with my three brothers, though. My uh, me and my my second younger brother, we look almost like identical. It's almost carbon copy sort of thing. He is just a little bit thinner than I am. And all of them are taller than me now. And that's that's kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of bad. Uh, But the my my second brother and my youngest brother, they look very similar to one another which it, it just it baffles the mind of how how different people can be oh yeah yeah for sure um but. yeah this is uh, this has been a really interesting a really interesting episode i really do like this episode you know going into the things that travis was trying to uh upgrade and do things uh like this you said you have a a, a nine to five working in mm-hmm. a uh, tell folks where you're working uh i'm what, what you do for a living well i work in a um a uh, cabinetry, uh, I guess, manufacturing p- facility. Yeah. I'm working in the packing and shipping department for yeah. very high end cabinets. There you go. There you go. So, you know, I, and I, you know, I'm, a, I'm with a, a solo practitioner law firm uh, coming out of a career of law enforcement. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in these uh, you're in these companies with uh, boots on the ground, uh, mm-hmm. so to speak you kind of see you kind of see how the sausage gets made and you and after a little while it's like oh you know what if we would do it like this and like this like this it'd be better safer faster cheaper you know whatever it is um and then you try to bring those ideas forward and try to get those integrated and sometimes you're met with some resistance have you ever have you ever been in that position where you're like you know what it would so much better if we just had this program or if we would do the paperwork like this or if we would move this thing over here it'd be so much more efficient you ever have that my previous employment before this before i had made this move into rural minnesota it it was working at a um a wine and liquor distributor uh in in the big city nice and there were a lot of issues that came with it. Um, <laughs> I the I had kind of inherited uh, the job of uh, warehouse management and uh, locating things within the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, this last year alone, before I had left, they had pulled in another 500 different products coming into this warehouse Whoa. and I didn't have space for it. And the resistance that came with it was the fact that they just couldn't afford the space. They couldn't afford more manpower. They, <laughs> there was, there was a lot of no's coming from my, my suggestions. And I, it, it was, it was tough. And it was one of those things where it was just like, I, I, I don't think I could, I can be here if all I'm going to hear is no yeah. along the way. Yeah. So, but that's okay. It's frustrating. <laughs> it can be really, really frustrating. And then it was it was hilarious when I heard that they uh, hired two people to do my job after I left. <laughs> <laughs> but gotta, no, it's, it's got to warm but, the the little center of your heart. But, well, it, it's it's not only that; it was just more of I, I know that it takes a while to get into a company and to learn the ins and outs and everything. I'd been there yeah. several years. I knew what was going on. It was okay. I totally get it. I have no hard feelings towards the company. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I I am lucky that uh, well I that I got out of law enforcement when I did, and with mm-hmm. as minimal uh, as minimal psychological and <laughs> and uh, 
personality scars. <laughs> mm, I guess. Uh, that I, yeah. Um, but, you know, and again, being lucky that I got on with the law firm that I did, where when I when I came on as his paralegal, um, the relationship was very much partners instead mm-hmm. of um, employer employee. I mean, there was a heavy element of employer employee to be sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he would ask he would you know, we would talk about the state of the firm and like. Hey, what do we do about marketing? You know, and he would, right. There were plenty of times where it was just kind of like, Hey, he would come to me and ask things of like, Hey, what do you think about this particular situation? Or, you know, you know, he, we've got this potential client. What do you think about it, Todd? And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this is, this is my honest assessment, but I, and I was always quick to say, Hey, look, it's your name on the shingle, man, <laughs> your choice. But like, this is my, you know, I'll do whatever you want. You, as long as you'll cut me a check, I'll do whatever, whatever you need. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and here, as we've gone along, I'm, I've been worth, I've been with Alex for, uh, well, it'll be three years, uh, next summer. Mm-hmm. We've been able to integrate a lot of different things. And, you know, I'm, I count myself very lucky that I've got, um, you know, the freedom to sort of move around and do that. A lot of, a lot of control actually mm. to kind of put things forward and implement them. So, right. you know, when stuff it's it, but again, before that I worked in law enforcement where it was mm. just kind of like, Hey, this system's broken. <laughs> They're just kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah, we know it's been like yep. that since the seventies, like very long okay, time. <laughs> we, we're going to fix this. Nah. Mm. All right. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> But, you know, I've been kind of on both sides of that. And I can Mm -hmm. imagine the frustration Travis must have felt to be like, hey, this is a simple thing. If I just, you know, fix, you know, rearrange this here to this here, you guys are going to be, it's going to be so much better for you. You get more out of your engine, more out Mm -hmm. of your shields, all this stuff and and protection, like, yeah, you'll be exactly survive this stuff Mm -hmm. for them to just go, no, we don't want it. Like, Ah, like it just it just makes you want to pull your hair out of like yeah I, it's just like i'm trying to help you i'm trying to rekindle the relationship that we haven't had for a yes. little bit and and trying to start up conversation instead of just sitting here on my butt doing nothing for a few days leave right would right. you rather have me help you and try and assist instead of just you know taking it all in yeah exactly the uh, the last thing I wanted to uh, talk about with you in regards to this episode was mm-hmm. the relationship between Travis and uh, the young lady on board named Nora, who they clearly knew each other as children, but mm-hmm. uh, things have changed. Um, I think that was I think uh, it would have been kind of cool. And I knew this this is an issue that they had uh on tng where mm. uh certain characters didn't get much of a romantic exploration of their character um I, and, and then there were those who got too much exploration of their character to know yeah. uh to little to no reward of that exploration <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> it's you know but uh that that element aside have you ever <laughs> you know because travis is interacting with this friend from his past have have mm. you run across anybody in your life who you knew as a child and then they come back into your life and it's like oh we're adults now mm-hmm. no i I've, I've had that before it's it, it kind of 
because you don't see them for so long, yeah. you kind of, it, it's almost a very awkward um, interaction at first yeah. to which I felt like Travis and Nora did not have that awkward interaction. I felt like it was very, uh, it, it should have been explored deeper. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. I, I think it should have been. It, yeah. It would have been nice to see, you know, that, that relationship play out a little mm-hmm. bit more, mm-hmm. um, you know, because yeah, I feel like we don't really see hell. Uh, Doc Flox gets more play than Travis. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, uh, you know, I had an interaction with a, with a good friend of mine. Uh, he and I recon- reconnected over uh, this has been some years ago. Now mm-hmm. I was actually still in law enforcement yep. and uh, we hadn't seen each other in, and years and years probably at least over a decade yeah. and i was like hey man let's you know let's get together go to breakfast catch up and um he and i started talking about stuff and was like well hey come back to the house for you know we'll have a cup of coffee and he came over to the house one time and uh and he walked in and he was just like oh you have a house like a like a real adult <laughs> like, yeah yeah married too that's <laughs> and a, that's and a career <laughs> Yeah, it's sometimes it's it's mind blowing what happens when you're not paying attention. Right, right, and you know different, you know, and I've and I saw that working in law enforcement a couple times with different different people who knew me in my younger days. Right, and then to see me as a law enforcement officer, <laughs> the shock of that was like, wait, you're a cop now. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. There <laughs> life was took, life took a turn. <laughs> There was one instance where I, I, I'd moved around a few places growing up. Mm -hmm. So I didn't stay uh, after, after like middle school, or if you, if you have middle school where you're from, right. right, Uh, But but after middle school, I moved into like a very, very small town of like 700 people. So so going into high school with a very limited, uh, a limited group of people, Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, then looking back and trying to find those people that you lost along the way when you're moving away from like such a big city and such a bigger audience, uh, to to find some of those friends and go, oh, you changed a lot. Like there was a big, <laughs> there were some big things that I missed about you way yep. back when. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, uh, as we do with every uh, with every episode, we ask the question: Who do we blame? This episode was written by Andre Bormanis and directed by James A. Contner. Both of them, their last episode that they worked on was the same episode, season two, episode eight, The Communicator. That's the episode where uh, where Reed forgets his cell phone on a mm. on a world that is still using dial-up. That's right. Um, so the uh, the guest stars here, we've got uh, in the role of Nora, we've got Nicole Forrester and uh, her. Uh, this is a rare instance where her first credit was actually as a Dabo girl on Deep Space Nine. And that was, uh, you could actually see her in season three, episode 18, Distant Voices. Oh, that's then, funny. Yeah. And then we've got uh, Philip Anthony Rodriguez uh, in the role of Juan. Uh, he uh, had a lot of single episode appearances on television uh, until this episode mm-hmm. of uh, Enterprise. But then he had some things like... Uh, 
16 episodes of Jake 2.0 in 2003 and mm-hmm. 2004, 51 episodes of The Secret Life of American Teenager in 2008, okay. 2012, mm-hmm. and a butt ton of video game appearances. And then lastly, we've got uh, the lovely Joanne Prangle as Rihanna Mayweather, Travis's mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in an episode of The Bionic Woman back in 1977. 53 episodes of white shadow from 1978 to 81 197 episodes of generations from 1989 to 1991 she did an episode of friends which is my wife's favorite show (laughs) i'll I'll get chastised if i don't mention that she was on friends Mm -hmm. uh eight episodes of the bold and the beautiful uh nine episodes of one-on-one from uh 2001 to 2003 and this is her only franchise appearance uh, okay. as Travis Mayweather's mom. Uh, and she wasn't uh, her her listing stop at uh, 2014, but she's 76 years old. So I'm hoping she's enjoying a well-deserved retirement. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, Miss Pringle, if you're if you're out there and by chance you hear this, thank you for your wonderful portrayal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rihanna Mayweather, and I uh, hope you're enjoying uh, your golden years. So, thank you so much for everything <laughs> that you've done. Uh, so, uh, final thoughts uh, on this episode, on Enterprise, on uh, the franchise as a whole, on your experience on the Computer Resume podcast. What are your final thoughts here, Jeremy? No, no, no. This has been a very great experience. This is a, I, I think this is my first time kind of guest hit talking about star trek i've always i've always loved you've knocked it out of the park sir i've always loved talking about star trek and this this year as opposed to the rest of my years has been no different um and to talk about enterprise something that that was uh i i loved it when it first came out it was just it was it was mind-blowing i loved the nx01 i thought the design was fantastic and um i loved the dynamic of the crew um i thought one funny thing about this episode was to Paul's reaction to uh, horror movies as she was extremely <laughs> hesitant coming into it. And yeah. then she goes to, she goes, Oh, you know what? I'm going to recommend it to, to some other Vulcans to show them about this. And I'm going, Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, that was one of the funniest parts of that episode right there. Yes. Oh God. I love it. It's so, uh, yeah, it's really fun to see. And, and then that she gets all uppity when, uh, when, uh, Flocks is talking through the movie. You know, we could pause the movie if, you know, if, if this is interrupting your conversation. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. This was, oh, this was such a, I really enjoyed this episode and you know what? You're absolutely right. You know, from the, from the crew to the uniforms to the mm. ship like i really dug enterprise I still mm. do i mm. it got I, it got a lot of hate for a lot of different reasons right and you know i always try to see both sides of the coin and don't get me wrong it's not a perfect show by no any- I, none of none of the star treks are perfect right. yeah they're innovative yes they're they're mind-blowing they they push the envelope but that's because that's what star trek has always done yes absolutely and you know the fact that like the nx01 still feels kind of like a submarine you know yes it does it's yes it does yeah a lot of people don't realize like 
yeah, this is what's, you know, go watch any submarine movie. You're, mm. It's going to kind of feel like Star Trek. <laughs> right. Because um, of how it's it's not only in the outside, but the insides of the, the ship as well. Everything feels so cramped. Like when you're walking, yes. when you see characters walking through the hallway, you almost don't have enough space as compared to like uh, the galaxy class in, in TNG where the hallways are extremely wide. It's luxurious. Yeah. It's carpet, leather, yeah. wood paneling. Yeah. Like it's nice. Yes. <laughs> Touch screens and voice activated everything. Right, right. <laughs> well, let me ask you uh, one more detail that mm-hmm. I haven't gotten um, that uh, we haven't gotten to yet. And uh, you, with a little bit of musical talent uh, yourself, uh, I'd like to hear you weigh in on Faith of the Heart. What do you think of the opening theme song? Boy, that's a heavy pause, sir. It is is a tough question because I know it is extremely controversial on that answer. Okay. Because there's there is a group of people that don't like it, and they they feel like it takes away from uh, the entirety of Star Trek as a whole. Uh-huh. I this is a I safe place. This I, is a well, safe no, place. No, no, that's the thing is that I don't mind it at all. I think it's a nice break from the 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 brass chorus that you find in in TNG. It's it's. It's a nice change of it. It kind of changes the tone of Star Trek in regards to this show. Yeah. So I don't. I don't mind Faith of the Heart. I don't mind the introduction whatsoever. Nice. Okay. <laughs> it's. You, I, I will say you're in a minority. <laughs> uh, in, ter- in terms of people who have appeared on this show, I think there's mm-hmm. been maybe one or two other folks who are just kind of like, yeah, I dig it. Uh, I'm in the camp of. I, it's, I don't. I don't hate it. But it's not one of those ones that's like, you know, uh, listen to it every morning on my way to work. It's one of those. It's one of those. I liked I like to randomly scream it through the house (laughs) (laughs) till I get my wife to go. Well, you shut up about faith of the heart. See, I, I think I'm I'm one of those people who is a uh, a troll when it comes to Faith of the Heart, where it's 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 all in good fun of you know bringing it up when it's when it's necessary, yeah. but it's not it's not like I it's not like I love the song. It's it's more of I enjoy it to make other people uncomfortable about. It. <laughs> okay, but be honest, because I think you might be one of the first people I've had since um, since they debuted the Archer space dock on discovery, which did mm-hmm. you see that? I, I did not yet. Okay. I, I'm, I'm still kind of catching up with, uh, with discovery at this point. Okay. I, I hope, I hope it's not really a spoiler, but mm-hmm. at, the, at some point they uh, you know, you know, they're rebuilding the Federation and, mm-hmm. There, you know, they introduced the new Archer space dock and it, mm. there's a big sweeping shot of the new space dock and they use Archer's theme. <laughs> and as I'm sitting there watching it, I'm going, okay, two things. One, I, I can hear the internet melting right now. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thought I had was because it was, it was very well done. It was a very brief moment to just kind of like, Hey, this is part of Star Trek past and here, here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but as they do that shot, I was like, I am, I am not about to cry at this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will not cry at this. No, absolutely not. 
Well, uh, <laughs> next week we will be joined by Mr. Lawrence Todd from Star Trek Talk Through Media Podcast for our second installment of Cast as Crew with Enterprise Season 2, Episode 21, The Breach, and Episode 22, Cogenitor. It is a double episode, folks, both of which are available on Hulu, Amazon Prime, and of course on Paramount+. Plus. Jeremy let's talk about some music. Let's talk about what you've got going on. What can people look for on the internet and support? Well, right now uh, I am, I'm working on both uh, a Twitch channel and on another podcast as well. The lights, camera, action uh, movie reviews podcast. Nice. Uh, And and that, that is not mine. That is all uh, accredited to Mike Winkler. He had me on as a guest and I just kind of became a regular after a while. Uh, And it's been a great time. Um, My Twitch channel. uh, I, I stream every Tuesday and Thursday from seven to 9 PM central standard time uh, at condiment games. Uh, and we're doing a variety of things. We have community nights on a regular basis uh, where I bring in my moderators so we can play some fun games together. Nice. Uh, otherwise, other than that, uh, I am on uh, TikTok as well, uh, as you can find me as Mad Riker. Yes. Uh, I, I got it. Uh, I got to ask. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I no, you go ahead. The origin of Mad Riker, please. I'm, I'm very curious. I, I came up with Mad Riker as an idea, as like a um, an alternate universe uh, where the Borg won the end of uh, Best of Both Worlds. Oh, cool. <laughs> and I I saw Riker like have it like in him to where he was just like, I've, I'm absolutely fed up instead of uh, if you can't beat him, you got to join him. So Mad Riker became mad with power in terms of like, con noonian sing energy oh! <laughs> so cool. so i i wanted to um it, it it kind of evolved as this year kind of came around and i haven't really gotten into the character much recently but i do plan on doing so within the next couple of months kind of introducing that story of mad riker nice are, are so, how how are you planning on exploring that like i mean if you don't mind if you don't mind letting the cat out well it, it, well it, it in terms of tiktok because they're very short videos it's yeah. it's it's mostly using the um the the memes or the the different trends that are going around to 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 tell that story in a different way and um as as further and further that Riker goes down this road he realizes that he is losing his mind through terms of both uh he wants to augment himself through the use of uh, experimental you know uh i'm trying to think of the word right now but just it, it, superhuman serum sort of thing yeah he wants he wants to become like the borg in order to defeat them he wants to adapt in order to defeat the borg at its heart and he he is on a he is on a straight collision course with locutus in this universe and he like there there there's so many different themes that i want to use with it and it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun to to think about this story and it's primarily going to be through tiktok Yes, it'll be it'll be mostly through TikTok. Uh, dude, I'd stop drilling. You have struck oil, <laughs> sir. Like I, I am I am in. I am so in. And if you ever need any guest appearances, I will <laughs> gladly in a heartbeat 
whatever you need. <laughs> no, and I, I would definitely, uh, if if you want to uh, support any of the fellow uh, Star Trek creators on TikTok, you can look at uh, hashtag Trek Talk Crew, uh, and you'll be able to find every single one of them that is a part of that. Uh, myself is included as even though I've been kind of uh, I've been busy as of late with uh, the move and the new job uh, but you can find uh, Random Gotham he's kind of the the leader and commander uh, Captain I think it's Captain K Coffee I'm going to look it up but you can also find her under Eden uh, there's plenty of other Star Trek creators that have amazing content and I would highly recommend every single one of them Nice. And one more thing I, I want to talk to you about, like the, the genesis of your version of uh, the sea shanty, uh, the Wellerman, mm. uh, yes. like I, walk me, th- walk me through the, that whole process. Because like, as soon as I, cause I, I, I'm a fan of sea shanties as mm. weird as that sounds, but mm. I am. And they're, they're fantastic. And there's mm. been, there's been a few on star Trek. Um, my favorite one is actually probably uh, from Battlestar Galactica, Gata's mm-hmm. Lament. I don't know if mm-hmm. you're familiar with that one, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, you know, things tend to come in cycles and I was hearing the Wellerman a lot and sort mm-hmm. of fell down a rabbit hole and that's where I found you. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so just walk us through like what, ha- like the Genesis and how you worked on it. And, you know, the final presentation that is on your TikTok, and mm-hmm. I found it on Twitter, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like give us the rundown. So when the Wellerman uh, trend struck TikTok, I was kind of taken back because the, the Wellerman, the, that style of music itself, uh, I hadn't really seen come to light since, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Assassin's Creed games, but the uh, the Black Flag game, yeah, T- yeah. ton of sea shanties that you would just be able to to play on and on as you sail across the sea. And nice. I, I I had been scrolling through through TikTok one day, and I kept I kept seeing parodies of the Wellerman, which was it was good fun. It was a lot of good fun, and I I saw Star Star Wars like crazy. I saw Star Wars everywhere, and I got to thinking, why isn't there Star Trek? why isn't it here what i'm gonna do it and in yeah. one weekend in one weekend i finished that that and i had i because of the limited time restraint that i had i uh was not able to use the i think it was three other verses that went along with that right. so i i had i had an entire another video planned out and then everyone was just going whole like that morning that i posted that video I did not expect such a grand turnout from that. And it, it, (laughs) I had to wait. I had to wait because my wife told me I had to wait to look at all the, the likes and comments and everything, the duets that came along with it. There are so many talented people out there that added to that, uh, that core um, shanty in the first place. And I am so very thankful that I, was able to reach out to so many people throughout this one parody that I had. (laughs) Man, that is so awesome. Like in, in the moment of writing that I felt like I was on par with weird Al because weird Al is the definite inspiration to me with that. Yes. And I do have a few other uh, uh, things back from January, February, March. And then I, I, it was in September that I had, (laughs) that I had, uh, 
the idea of making a, a modern um, parody that was a Star Trek related. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard the song Fergalicious before. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I had done that. Uh, it, it is now uh, Borgalicious. Oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and I wasn't able to. I, I wanted to create the entire song, and I wanted to get other people included on that too. Yeah. Uh, so I'm hoping in the next year I can get that working because as a one-person production, music production, it, it's it's tough when you don't have training or actual you know expert knowledge on it. Right. So I'm working my way through it very slowly but surely. Nice. Oh man, that's cool. Oh it's, God, it's, that's. It's, it's so much fun writing things and just adding references from every single point of origin when it comes to that. Yeah. So I'm hoping to continue doing that. It just need to catch on with those trends again. That's awesome. And uh, where can people bother you directly on the internet? TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch. You'll be able to find me at condiment underscore games. And I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all of the socials from all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for having me. And thank you for being here. (laughs) And I'll see you in Ted Ford. subspace transmissions to computer resume podcast at gmail.com or at computer resume on facebook twitter and instagram the computer resume podcast was created and produced by mr todd a davis our logo was designed by will martin and justin bishop the opening theme was produced by justin bishop our outro music was provided with permission by drone node additional music was provided by mr todd a davis and gary horn and i'm cat davis at that dot darn dot cat with a k on Instagram, the Computer Resume Podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We probably got some phasers and shuttle pods. And we're going to find a brand new race. How's that for a Slice of Fried Gold?